All right. My name is Jeremy. This is the very last episode of the Terminus podcast with Trevor and Jeremy. Trevor is a ghost. Um, so, I'm running sound. No, fuck you. You're dead. Um, so anyway, here's the long-awaited, uh, you know, continuation of the Polycrepo experience. Uh, Polycrepo, Devil in God's Country, uh, Part Two, Electric Boogaloo, and uh, Hi, Polly. Hey, how are you? Um, so we had some problems. Yep. Last time. Um, so that was very good. Um, so we're going to try to do a little more of what we did last time. Sounds good. All right, we're man. We're all really tired. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We've all got the bags under our eyes. You smell like hamburgers. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Um, so last time we kind of touched on um, some of your religious background, uh, your family and all that good stuff. And I kind of wanted to dig a little more into that again. So second time I'm hearing it. First time for everyone else. Um, all right, so can you elaborate a little bit on, um, I guess, the kind of uh, religious household that you grew up in? Well, my dad's father, my grandpa, was a Pentecostal preacher at his church in Texas, and uh, they were indeed snake-handling Pentecostals. It was like neo-Pentecostal, so the women could cut their hair and wear skirts if they wanted to. They didn't have to always consistently be decked out in denim dresses or whatever it is they wear. So, uh, still shaking snakes around though. But, um, yeah, grandpa was a preacher. Grandma led the choir. Whenever we went down there to visit, dad played the drums, which is pretty much how I cut my teeth on music. Started learning to play bass on stage with, uh, the family church band and the church paid for the house that was within walking distance, and we answered the home phone as Church of God. And my grandpa was Brother Plaster, my dad was Brother Plaster, and I'm technically Brother Plaster. There you go. So, last time we had this uh, conversation, you brought up a couple of things about that that I, th- I thought were kind of interesting. Um, considering the background, like you would kind of expect the... Uh, so... The church got you into playing music, if mm. I if I remember correctly. Is yeah. that right? Yeah, they okay. played uh, you know gospel music, and it was technically uh, like rockabilly. It yeah, was like three chord progressions. Uh, my dad would uh, play the drums and encourage me to like walk all over the bass, and instead of just playing typical root notes, and um, he would scream at me while playing, play like Geezer Butler, and. Uh, that's pretty much what what I was uh, brought up with, so it's embedded within my DNA. And I, I just gospel. I still find it just kind of mind blowing that it was we, pretty energetic music. Yeah, but it, just the fact that he threw up Weezer or not not Weezer, wow, Black Sabbath, Weezer. fucking Weezer, God. <laughs> my name is Geezer. You're fucking terrible, um, Geezer Butler. I, I I was actually very surprised that uh, he got brought into this because. Considering the church mm. and how kind of a clean cut it was, minus the snakes. Well, my dad was a total hypocrite. That's why. So my dad's really into rock and roll music, but uh, he has to keep it from his dad. And so whenever I was listening to music I enjoyed, 
which was the exact same bands pretty much, uh, my dad would lose his fucking mind and, you know, it was learned behavior, you know, hurt right. people, hurt people. So he would destroy my music throughout life, so I would have to go over to my buddy Zach's house and uh, dub all of the music I wanted off of his CDs onto either blank CDs or actual cassette tapes that I bought. And they were tapes that my parents would allow me to have. Like, it was mostly like Beethoven, Mozart, like Joseph uh, Haydn, Brahms, Chopin. I, I really enjoy those conductors, and I listen to the music a lot. And then when I was done listening to them on repeat, I would go put a piece of tape over the cassette and that little hole, and then dub an entire Pantera live CD on it and listen <laughs> to it uh, when my parents had gone to bed. So my dad was a... Uh, he was a hypocrite where he would listen to a lot of music that my grandpa wouldn't approve of behind his back. So, like, whenever my grandpa got in my dad's van once when I was young, my grandpa found some cassette tapes <clears throat> of, like, Aerosmith. And uh, it, it was, like, a best of called The Big Ones, and it had a sumo wrestler on it. And my grandpa looked at it and said, what are you listening to sumo music now? <laughs> he was all pissed off about that. Then he, like, saw Hell Freezes Over by the Eagles and, and said that they're font was cryptic and uh made a bunch of snide remarks about how the eagles are fucking non-secular devil music and yada yada and so it was interesting i i, <laughs> I did hear once that uh hotel california was pretty much the elevator music of hell so pretty that, much that makes yeah. sense yeah and and just for a point of reference because it has been a while since we released part one uh-huh. um so Point of reference, we're going to be mentioning Zach a few times. Zach is the uh, director, producer, pretty much everything minus Polycrepo. Yep. Um, behind the uh, upcoming documentary, uh, Devil God's Country. So I just kind of want to get that out there. He's over here giving me the bedroom eyes, which I appreciate. Absolutely. It makes me feel far more comfortable. Yeah. Um, Relax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what they always say before you get a little bit dizzy feeling. <laughs> Um, I am drinking water that was provided to me by uh, Mr. Plaster. Yep. Um, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Tingles. Um, It's got to be the mushrooms or some shit. Like you gave us last time with the tea. Yeah, Um, did you experience anything? No. Totally trip? No, not at all. (laughs) No, it was the same existential uh, inner screams that I hear and fall asleep to every night and wake up to every morning. So, you know. (laughs) Um. All right, so uh, going a little bit further, how long were you an active member of this church? Since before my mother got pregnant with me. So I was in my dad's ball bag, and um, then my dad knocked my mom up, probably in the back seat of an El Camino, which is technically the bed, at a, like a fuck a Boston concert or like it was probably a thirty-eight special. My dad was like, "Yeah, hold on, loosely." I mean, for the 80s, it sounds yeah, typical. Let go, El Camino was, was kind we, we of... We had a, that El Camino. We yeah. quite literally had it. Yeah. So, um, the El Camino pretty was sure pretty that much happened. the hotel late of the 80s. So, uh, I digress. Uh, been there the entire time. My dad uh, pretty much was raised all over the country because they were consistently pulling up stakes and traveling a lot because my grandpa was a traveling evangelist. So, my dad and my two aunts which are younger than my dad, that's all I really knew, is everything inside the church. Right. Now, your, your grandfather, um, he's still living. Yes. Is that correct? Is he still 
an active member, a, a part of the, uh, of the church, or is he just kind of like in the background now? Or I, uh, for the most part, from what I am, am allowed to know, uh, that he's still alive and he's still going, he's still active. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, it's on his property. Right. And it's his, and he he built it from nothing, and it's been around since fuck if I know. When was the last time you saw the church? Shit, uh, I may have been like 16, 17. 16 or 17 Yeah, years I don't really associate with a lot of my family, and they don't <laughs> speak to me. I'm not allowed to hang out with the kids, not because like of any weird touchy-feely shit, but because they don't want me to undo what they've done. They don't want kids asking questions and, and saying, wait a minute, you know thinking about stuff they don't want that one of my favorite sayings was uh knowledge is uh religion's worst enemy mm-hmm. um so that, that's kind of what you're getting at um pretty much you're, you're afraid that they're going to you're going to come in and show them yeah, the, the truth the best and, way to disprove the bible is to read it yeah no with, with an open mind instead mm-hmm. of trying to justify what you see yeah i agree with that a lot of metaphor a lot yeah of metaphor. um there 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 is another thing that you kind of brought up i i found it very interesting what was okay so correct me if i'm wrong it was your father that experienced a nuclear test is that correct grandpa it was your grandfather that's how he found god okay so can can you can you go into that a little bit yeah totally so my dad was born on in oceanside california on a marine corps base and my grandpa was uh it was 1957 when my dad was born i'm not exactly sure the year that this happened but grandpa was indeed at the marine corps base in oceanside california where he and his troop and a lot of other soldiers were marched on foot from oceanside california into the desert of nevada where they were picked up by random vehicles that took them to places that they weren't allowed to remember and they couldn't talk about but it was all of those foxhole bunkers that you see videos of where the nuclear bombs are going off in the distance and the soldiers have to stand up and like walk towards it and all that. And that's where my grandpa allegedly uh, seeing that nuclear blast and having to walk towards it, he, he found God. And plus, uh, somebody slipped him a Mickey and he lost his shit one night. And he kept seeing something in the ceiling of his room, so he kept jumping up and smashing his index finger into a hole he created into the ceiling over and over and over and over and over until there was a giant hole that he had busted into the ceiling with his finger and that that also helped him allegedly to find god as well so those two instances was was it a literal hole or was it just kind of a a, a hole he like yeah jump up and poke his finger into the ceiling and chiseled away at it over hours being strung out oh that is so weird yeah a mickey whatever the fuck that is Oh, that's I've some heard old school terms, shit. but yeah, I don't know what it's made of. Yeah, we're two we're 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 two very young whippersnappers. Like, yeah, it, that makes I, I don't remember exactly what that is. Trevor, do you, do you remember what a Mickey is? No, heard the term. Yeah, we consulted the Ouija board on that one. Uh, Trevor said, it said no. no. Um, Goodbye. I, I did. I, whenever you you brought that up last time, I thought it was interesting because I've I've heard so many stories of people who say that they found god through drug use yeah oh absolutely yeah i remember getting preached to by a guy <clears throat> outside of what used to be the green door here in oklahoma city okay um tweaking on meth hard mm-hmm. um and he said that he was 
channel surfing and got to TBN and the preacher was talking directly to him and heard his name and all this stuff. So he had to go down to Bricktown and start preaching the good word while he was spun the fuck out, like sweating and yep. jitters. It was so good. And that, that, that story is so typical. <laughs> what, what I like are the uh, barroom evangelists mm-hmm. that are people who are really into the gospel and saving you at bars while they're shit hammered. Yeah. So you have some guy slurring his version of what he thinks that fucking archaic literature is mm-hmm. and mythology, telling you about how you're wrong and that this way is correct, while just being the biggest fucking hypocrite ever, just decked out in denim and patches and fucking lipstick and sailor hats and just boozing it up. That happened to me at um, the park, that that gay bar. Yeah. Um, by a Methodist woman. Was she hammered? Absolutely. Shit hammered in a gay bar. Yep. Super straight, apparently. <laughs> going about, going on about how uh, what an abomination and everything that she saw was. But she's still here buying drinks left and right. Like, it, it was right. fucking insane. Um, so, um, kind of traveling forward a little bit. So, we, we got out of the church. You said it's 16? Something like that. 16 yeah, or I just 17. hadn't gone back down there. Right, right. So you're you're pretty young, mm-hmm. um, and during your time in the church, um, you kind of became a guinea pig. Oh yeah, with uh, the ADHD and ADD labeling that went on like crazy in the late '80s, early '90s, where everybody is saying that the kids with that are technically indigo children and they're higher evolved versions of human beings and that's one reason why they want to put fluoride in the water to calcify your pineal gland and and pretty much neuter any type of like psychic abilities that we have it within our brains and yada 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 so i at a young age very young age quite literally uh kindergarten whenever i started going to school i guess i was a hyperactive child imagine that back in the days where there were indefinitely more fucked up chemicals in everything we consumed and no one talking about it right than now where everyone and their moms talking about it gmo never heard of it red dye number five never heard of it you know monosodium glutamate never heard of it multidextrin never heard of it so uh they put me on ritalin then they upped the dosage and then they put me on adderall at a very young age you know nazi crank and then up the dosage a lot to where it became a problem to where my mom had to get involved with going to the farm, the, the uh, pediatrician, and my mom almost beat the fuck out of her. She lost her mind because this woman was, what my mom said was overdosing me on Nazi crank, which was technically true. I stopped eating, stopped sleeping, just stay awake at night and just stare at the ceiling. So um, I'm pretty sure it was whenever I was strung on on Adderall that I technically sold my soul to Satan because, <laughs> as a child because. Uh, a voice did come to me in the night. I do believe it. It's one of those experiences, kind of like how people experience God, and they say, what I experience is real to me, and you can't disprove that. Um, that was within, but it wasn't God. Uh, I knew it was something that I was supposed to have fear of, but instead of being scary, it was very comforting and lulling. And I remember completely without any, uh, what would it be, acquiesce. Um, I completely surrendered to it indefinitely with conviction and a smile on my face and I knew for a fact that I had given myself unto 
what is forbidden and in order to play music and be great at it and i don't know if it's the power of suggestion with that but my entire life i've been charged with that mentality to completely go against the herd and my family to ask questions and educate myself with things that are technically taboo when it comes to the herd and uh it's the left-hand path and i i believe it with conviction but again i was strung out on all kinds of fucking shit but before uh, what happened later was my mom unbeknownst to me signed me up for a practice um it was a study this pharmaceutical company started practicing this um, experimental medication on people where they give you the lowest dosage mixed with a placebo so it's 50 50 and then i did that all the way up to the the most intense amount that they could give you many years later but they were checking all my fucking fluids and 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 this that and the other i had to go to a psychiatrist a couple times a week they were paying me checks uh full of cash and i was using that to buy weed and smoking weed before this drug during and after it definitely changed how i i respond to chemicals now so if I can smoke a blunt with a group of people and everyone's sitting down, I'm the guy who's strung out and fidgeting and doing dishes half-ass, making everybody nervous. So I did that for, uh, it was like five years until out of nowhere, the study became botched and the place shut down and we went to the building and it was vacant and they hadn't said anything. And I was selling the drug quite a bit uh, to people around my age and, and mid-high in high school and shit like that so I was getting people all kinds of fucked up and I was getting paid and then I came off of it cold turkey and my brain pretty much went kaputnik now and do you remember the name of Tamo- the drug? Tamoxetine Tamoxetine yeah. and I, I have tried to find that drug yeah. I, I can't find a trace of it anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. Um, and so with that being said um, you know there are going to be naysayers and and yeah. I'm, I'm happy you said this because on the last recording you said that zach actually took some yeah uh you you offered it to him and zach has been my childhood friend since fifth grade <clears throat> he lived up the street from me i used to go to his house a lot he came to my house <laughs> lived across the street from the school we've been in numerous bands uh he's the guy who first got me on marijuana not just tamoxetine but um yeah, that's what but yeah, um, he experienced it. I gave it to him a couple times, and I remember uh, talking to him uh, during him being on it, and he was zonked the fuck out, almost like he was had nodded out, and then he came to suddenly and confessed this really intense, uh, vivid hallucination. And uh, I spoke to him recently, and he says he doesn't remember that, but I remember him telling me, and I remember talking to other people on it. Make made a lot of money, right. And and I I do want to get further clarification with Zach being in the room. You you do remember this happening. You you remember, remember taking this pill. I remember him giving me the pills, and I remember him, you know freaking me out. But I don't remember the exact. <laughs> well, he's he, still he, on it when he told he, me. He told me yeah, like it was it was me on a pyramid doing all this stuff. Balancing. Yeah, yeah, it was, like it was a, pretty cool. I don't I don't quite remember all that. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, and 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 but, just just to clarify because we've got Trevor and Zach. Both googling for tamoxetine. I didn't mm-hmm. find a. We a, we a, found a, one called a tamoxetine. Oh, now here. But tamoxetine with no a. And hmm. is a medical treatment used to treat or as part of a program to treat attention deficit. Oh, so, there so, you go. So it actually. Well, became, how the hell didn't I? F- oh. I 
wonder about um, it later became uh, they, changed they, they later. probably changed yeah. it like uh, ephedrine they went in and changed the molecule flipped it around so it became ephedra and ephedra yeah. isn't illegal but ephedrine is yeah so who knows what happened maybe 15, maybe i was miss and Maybe he knows the long-term mis- effects, especially coming off cold turkey. All the, right. all the, uh, what was it? The anti, uh, the bipolar medications they had me on as well. I had to go off cold turkey, which is that's what leads people to suicide. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I guess I was misspelling it because I never found shit as I, far as this was concerned. Like, yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, at least we we have something to go on. So. I mean, there you go. But I mean, you were on this shit for a long time, and and but for... I don't. I never found out what happened. All I, I went to the place and it was shut down. And my mom and I were confused, and that's as far as we went. I don't know. Yeah, I, we. I never saw that it got approved by the FDA. In fact, I thought the opposite because I tried to look it up back in those days, and it was nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety nine. Right on, you know, AIM and shit like those days, but I, I couldn't find it. Right. Yeah, and I mean, this is uh, at a. I mean, looking at it, I mean, it looks like that this would be some shit that that would end up fucking you up, especially as a kid. That stuff made me um, razor sharp, and yeah. coming off of it, especially cold turkeys, what really fucked me up. My right. brain chemistry was narnar. Yeah, this is kind of stuff. Just looking at it, and keep in mind, I'm no doctor. But that's before they did whatever they did to it to make it right. If it's out and about now yeah they could have like fixed it a long time ago i had batch number fucking whatever yeah so they they were still kind of tweaking it and kind of moving on serotonin inhibitors they they were studying you to figure out what they needed to do right yeah yeah because i mean this is one of those things looking at the side effects and what it does Uh this is one of those things that they would have to dose you down yes um not just wean you off on a sister drug yeah Yeah. um it's a serotonin inhibitor yeah you'd Totally fuck up all of your shit. Yeah, yeah, no, which absolutely. it did, and it I Thank suffered you, really heavily. Yeah, and that's around the time whenever uh, coming off of that, apparently according to my mom, is whenever she experienced me start manifesting different personalities and what she would just say were demons, but you know they're more. I wouldn't say. Do I need to turn off that AC? No, we're good. I wouldn't say that they're spiritual. I would say they are religious. Those are two very very different things. Religion is a business, and they always equate it, everything to the business. Um, you get bit by a snake in church because they quit playing music. Yeah, you, know, you don't go to the hospital. You go to the fucking church. Right. So just, then you die in somebody's bed. It happens all the time. Now, before you continue, um, okay, so me being an atheist, I, I don't believe in either. I don't believe in spiritualism or... Um, religion myself now you being who you are you don't really uh you don't really adhere to any form of of religious belief as far as i can tell and what i know of you i save my money yeah i read books right right so i I guess i spend money on books now um i i do what is your take on spiritualism uh spiritualism i would say somebody has experienced some kind of a supernatural happening and i would say it's those things uh have been completely blown out of proportion for millennia and i say those things happen all the time and a a lot of things that are strangely supernatural do indeed happen and i think it's it's physics it's absolutely physics there's 
we just don't understand it yet. So but we didn't know what the fuck the wind was. You know, back when we were came and you walk outside, and you're like, "There's a force that I can't see," and then we, through time, ended up figuring it out. Right. So for my for my own understanding and clarification, you religion is the business bo- that profits off of a certain specific brand of ideology that they force people into, right? So they can uh, take their money and keep them dependent on needing to go back. Right, and and but for for my own clarification, you believe yourself that um, spiritualism, whatever that may, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, cover whether it be ghosts or you know, yeah, energies, whatever. For you're saying that uh, you you believe that to be a uh, form of, of physics, it's just not not understood, and I, I just want want yeah, to understand. Sure. Okay, like, to say that. Um, Solar flares are definitely a thing that exists. Right. To say that ghosts don't is weird to me because people have experienced things like ghosts and maybe unexplainable things, and we aren't able to understand it yet. Kind of like how we knew nothing about solar flares until we started figuring out evidence of it. Right. So once we are able to have the certain type of lens to allow us to understand that, oh, there's this thing that's happening. Um, it's kind of just un- an unexplained phenomenon, so to speak, and I think that type of shit happens all the time. Like, there's different types of energy vortexes all over the sphere. So who's to say that you go to fucking whatever, Vermont, you might experience some kind of thing, where you come to buttfuck Oklahoma, where it's the void of all things, you don't experience it. I don't, I don't know. I, if I knew, then I'd know. But yeah. I'm not going to pay some fucking use car salesman at a wishing well my hard-earned dollars to uh, swallow his version of what he thinks is the answer that's a farce so okay so that that's a perfect leeway into my next question it, it, what is your take then on the afterlife um well according to physics um energy doesn't die it only changes shape and changes direction continues forward mm-hmm. so um Whatever the fuck that means, you know, uh, I won't be in this reality anymore. And frankly, I, I, I say good riddance because I, I don't know if I'm coming on the last of my fucking uh, spirals through this realm, but I'm kind of exhausted. I'm almost exactly, fuck that. I'm exactly where the Dalai Lama is. I don't want to come back. Right. I don't want to be reincarnated. This is my last go around and everyone can fuck off. Right. I'm not saying I'm an old soul like every girl on the internet, but Jesus Christ, I'm really exhausted with this waking life. I don't care anymore. Right. Sorry. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> so it is what it is. Um, so if you if if I die, I hopefully I become space debris or something. I don't know. I become <laughs> I become a giraffe's fart and it, I I'm, a, Ooh, I'm there and I'm gone. I don't give a shit. So uh, smoke up. So with, with with all those and uh, with all of those cards in play, um, a lot of people would be quick to label you as one thing or another. Then, uh, religiously, spiritually, theologically, whatever, philosophically speaking, everybody wants to put a label on something, right? Um, um, so I don't, I don't know. I I'm a person who reads books, uh, a theologist or whatever, but I'm lazy on my studies. Mm-hmm. I used to study a lot more <clears throat> then I just kind of uh, 
you can only do that for so long. You can only focus on like archaic ideologies and different types of religious practices and like uh, names of fucking lesser demons and shit like that. Like I, I don't. I, I used to be really into it when I was younger, when I was a young man in my twenties, and I fucked around with shit and I uh, got bit a lot to where I had to go. Okay, well, there's definitely something going on. One thing that I know is when it comes to magic, the um, the origin of all magic is the power of belief because perception is indeed reality. So, like, whatever you believe is happening, it's happening according to you in your waking life. Maybe not to everyone around you. So, therefore, I, religion is indeed poisonous to say that their way is right whenever you're living your own individual life. Yeah. That's fucking bullshit. Like, right. keep your religion to yourself. Um... What was the question? <laughs> um, I, I I was just wondering, you know, how would you classify yourself um, oh, if you I do? Don't, I don't know. Um, a seeker of knowledge, I guess. Um, I used to uh, hold the moniker of a Satanist, but I only adhere to so many values now in my older age. Uh, I, I I saw a lot of things in Leveism that I could equate to a younger me that I cut my teeth on because it was like, yeah, I totally relate to all of this. You're right, Anton. I was born a Satanist. I was born a Satanist. And like, it felt good to like be a part of something. And then I started to actually talk and hang out with the fucking Satanists at the Satanic Church. And fuck them. Fuck all of them. It's a personal philosophy. You shouldn't take it too seriously. Yeah. Um, Things that are dated and for a specific time doesn't hold up. In, you know, things have to be updated. Yeah. Like Bible fucking 2.0. Like, well, yeah. it's okay to get tattoos and like eat chicks, you know, vaginas on the first day. It's totally cool. My name's Chad and I'm a fucking pastor decked out in tattoos, getting drunk. It's, it's dumb, dude. So I'm just looking at the world just going, whatever. Yeah, with OTO, it, it is kind of a weird thing because they don't classify themselves as one thing or another. Mm-hmm. Which is really ambiguous. Um, you can dedicate your car and all of your earnings to them when you die. They get involved right. and stuff like that. You kind of yeah. have to when you get involved in like the Great White Brotherhood and all that shit. Well, and a lot of people end up going after the OTO um, kind of in a way that, you know, they, they learn about people like Jack Parsons and those people that were part of it who That's were... A cool book. Oh, uh, are, are you talking about Sex and Rockets? Strange Angel. Oh. Oh, because that's one I want to read. So ride the house fire. That's why it's all wonky. It's got Please let me read this. Yeah, I, I am know. such a massive fan of Jack Parsons. Like it's that? unreal. Thank you. This stays. <laughs> but yeah, because of people like Jack Parsons. Um, hey, look. It's uh, sorry. It's it's a Melvin's set from three years ago when I saw the Melvin's in Oklahoma City. Sorry, it was inside that book. You're okay. It's all ripped to shit. Yeah, but, um, but a lot of people, they get into the OTO because they find out about um, the people involved. Um, either that or they just go off of, you know, things that they, like the poetry that um, Alistair Crowley wrote um, and just equate it to sex magic and that's yeah. it. And, and so then they're like, oh, it's an easy way to get laid. And then they join the church. Yeah. And the and, thing is, the people that are, are there are the ones that you don't want to fuck. It's like, have you ever been to, <laughs> you ever been to a FET 
uh, FetLife.com or FetLife party in a warehouse on like the south side of town. Everybody there, you don't want to fuck. Every yeah. single one of them. It just sucks. I've, I've never it's met. It's Oklahoma City, man. I've never met a mentally stable OTO. So I've been just kind of burnt out with all the uh, the bullshit. And I'm trying to just use my moral compass and use logic and reason and just the fundamentals. Right. And um, I don't really wanna, want to uh, consistently gorge on the regurgitated nonsensical ramblings of dead men. Yeah, absolutely. I want to f- figure it out. So, okay, so kind of keeping all that in mind as, as we continue this conversation, um, last time we talked very heavily of Pope. Ah. Right? Um, and I know that there was a lot of very real guilt um, that you had there. Now, now before we go into what had happened, um, tell us a little bit about Pope. How did you get to know Pope? What was your relationship with him? So I was in a band called Derelict Monroe for 11 years, and I met John Paul Allison, a.k.a. Pope, uh, whenever I was in junior high school, and I ended up getting a job locally working for various venues just as a stagehand, loading and unloading trucks, like setting up, doing dummy monkey stuff with wrenches. And uh, I met him there uh, at a show. Uh, it was a Jägermeister tour with Slipknot and Fear Factory and Chimera. And uh, we hit it off. He liked that I was wearing a pentagram on my Zeke shirt and I had a white zombie tattoo and like hair down to my ass. And uh, he was the other fucking weirdo. And then we became friends. And uh, shit, man. So much happened in 11 years. It was... Uh, I played all the music. played all the instruments. And he did the vocals. I didn't know how to sing at all. I didn't even try to sing. I was terrible at it. Didn't have a want or a give a fuck to sing. Just wanted to play all the instruments. And he really wanted to uh, do vocals. And he was great at freestyling lyrics and crafting the story with a beginning, a middle, and an end. And he would just do it on a whim. He was really talented. So uh, we pretty much would just get really fucking stoned. And we would record every single session. And we got good at improving to where I would play the guitar and he would sing and randomly spit out random lyrics. But we would craft a song with a beginning, the middle, and an end that had protagonist and a morals and values and, and it went somewhere. And I don't it was interesting. It was more like spoken word poetry. It was non-conventional. But we played one show and it was for three hours long. We had booked it the day prior and it was all improv. And that's the only time we ever played. And that was videotaped along with everything we've ever did pretty much, including his wedding where I was the best man. And I botched the fucking speech so bad. <laughs> oh, man. I hope that was on uh, camera. Yeah, but we don't know where the tapes forever. are. Like After he died, his shit was fucking stolen by a lot of people. See, he was the lighting guy for the Flaming Lips who did the, the UFO at the zoo. And there's a DVD of that. And he, he did the entire UFO, the lights, all that shit, man. Pope was in a shit ton of magazines he became a white glover he didn't even have to unload his gear all he did was walk up and run the show and then walk away and he was part of the band technically he fucking partied like the rock stars he did he out drank and out smoked and out snorted all of them and was proud of it and he fucking ended up killing himself with heroin so how long did you live with 
Well, we were always at each other's house all the time, so pretty much 11 years, but whenever I finally moved in with him, uh, I lived with him for maybe nine months, and we got kicked out because he was on a tour with the band against me, and they had just started off tour, and I guess the band members started fighting, and they had a fist fight in a parking lot or something like that, and the tour was broken up, so Pope had to come back home. And uh, he didn't get paid, and so our $800 a month super sweet flat in the Paseo in Oklahoma City wasn't going to get paid for, so I had to start looking for a job on foot and donate plasma until I had seizures, and uh, just to fucking make sure that we had food to eat and gas in my truck since I was the one with the vehicle. So (coughs) the entire time we recorded an album before he, leading up to the tour, and then everything went to shit, and uh, he started getting on his brother's methadone, and so I, I taped him puking and added that to the album, and we just cut, I guess like a 12 or 15 track album called Satanic Hymns, number six, I do believe, or number five, and uh, then he ended up dying after that. We got in a fight before he passed away when we lived together, and I found out found out I was having a another child with a woman and who I had left and moved out of her house didn't know she was pregnant at the time I just had to get out of a bad relationship so Pope was like come live with me man because he just had a girl that he met on tour get tired of his shit and head back home so he had an opening in a really expensive apartment I'm trying to get out of my bad situation so I leave the girl that I didn't know was pregnant with my kid and go move with him and then uh we just cut this fucking album really quickly. Just all improv. Just, uh, fuck it. Let's see what happens. Let's eat some mushrooms and record this song about Aleister Crowley. And um, just do weird shit like that for shits and giggles and then show it. To... He was going to take it on tour. And he, he showed it to a lot of bigwigs and shit like that and got feedback and people laughed at us and talked hella shit. And some people were like, that's pretty cool. But it was just improv. Josh Homme allegedly listened to it and was like, Improv really is impossible. Like, that's what Pope said. But Pope, I, at the same time, Pope was a pathological liar. Right. Pope was a he was junk sick. He had a tattooed on his fucking knuckles. Um, Pope was a liar. Pope knew how to manipulate people. Uh, he had me feeling sorry for him, like he did to for a, he did to a lot of people to where we were down in the hole with him while he refused to get better. And so when he died, it affected us all. So the first time I ever sang in front of anybody was at his funeral that was technically my first gig and he dubbed me the moniker of polycrepo because i would walk around super silently feather foot through the apartment and i would scare the shit out of him and i thought it was funny so he dubbed me the moniker <coughs> the moniker of polycrepo and i just i went with that before we died i remember we we signed an uh, a cd of the album we had made pope and polycrepo and uh, somebody has that. Somebody has it somewhere, and uh, it, it's a big deal to me, I think. So yeah, it was very weird. There's a lot of stuff. <laughs> There's a lot of places we can go with that story. How he crept up through the fucking carpet and touched my fucking heart with a cold finger, and it hurt really bad, and he whispered in my ear. I get the last laugh. Yeah, when I was hallucinating on drugs. 
There's that. Wherever he claps his hands really fucking loud and wakes me up when I'm in a dead sleep. And it scares the shit out of me. And it's deafening. Absolutely deafening. Hand clapping. There's avenues we could go with all that shit. People like Nina, my wife, was listening to Derelict Monroe and she was like, so that's who, that's who you're trying to sing like. I'm like, I guess it rubs off because he was my reference. I, he was, I, he couldn't play guitar and I couldn't sing. So we were, um, God damn it. symbiotic relationship. So you, you brought up the, you know, Pope crawled up through the floor and I was on drugs. Said, yeah. I was yeah. on a lot of drugs. It, it, uh, yeah. In that moment, you said, uh, I'll always get the last laugh. You said, I'll get the last laugh. Right. And I, I have atrial fibrillation to this day, probably because of stress and freaking myself out. Okay. Right. So the entire story to that, um, Pope and I cut the album, uh, tour with Against Me breaks up. He comes back home. I'm pissed off because I've been living with him for almost a year now and we don't have any money and he doesn't have any money for rent and we're split to where the first time in our friendship we go toe to toe and I fucking pull a knife on him and he says I'm the he said to me verbatim you're the fucking devil and it pissed me off and he started crying he was like dude you're like a pit bull and I was like yeah my fucking father raised me to be aggressive and uh yeah this is weird his dad's name was Paul my dad's name is Paul I'm Paul he's John Paul so PJJP, that's just, it's, of course, of course this would happen. And, um, I don't know, there's a lot of areas we can go with that, man. I've kind of, like, given it to you like a Tarantino film, I'm sorry. No, you're okay. start at the fucking beginning. Um, read the book. There's a lot. <coughs> um, I mean, if it's not territory you're wanting to walk down again, that's perfectly fine. We don't have to tread back down that path if you it's just a lot of talking yeah there's a there's a bunch of shit you know so he gets um we go toe to toe pull a knife on him he calls me the devil um he calls up chad petrie the lead singer for the shiny toy guns which he was a lighting guy of as well and pretty much in tears begs chad to come over and beat the shit out of me and chad's like no i can hear him on the phone like no i'm not gonna do that what the fuck and um (laughs) It was shiny toy guns. Yeah. So whenever Pope has had his funeral, <coughs> and I played uh, my my song, I covered a Tom Waits song called Diamonds and Gold on the Rain Dogs album. It's the first song I ever learned how to sing. Um, first time I ever sang in front of anybody was in front of rock stars. Uh, members of the Ellipsis crew, uh, the Guns, motherfucking uh, Alkaline Trio, the Against Me, Nine Inch Nails, uh, Man- some of Manson's crews that were involved with Nine Inch Nails was also involved. It was a shit ton of fucking road dogs and actual millionaires, fucking musicians, and then family and f- some friends that we knew. Right. And so I just happened to be on enough Xanax to where I could function um, to not give a fuck next to my best friend in a coffin. Which has got to be easier said than done. It's pretty brutal. Right. But, um... We went to Chad Petrie's house later that night, and the shiny toy guns are there, and there's like a bunch of booze, and it's a legit party, and it's a really nice house, and I'm in a strange place of disbelief. I'm fucked off. Um, Seeing his body the day before the funeral fucked me up because we drove all the way to the small town, can't remember where it was, small town Oklahoma, to view his body 
and I was listening to the Derelict Monroe album on my iPod, and I walked in, and I walked past rooms, and I refused to look in them, but I went directly to the bathroom, and I shut the door, and I turned on the light, and I'm listening to our music, and I'm taking a piss, and then I wash my hands, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I can see my eyes are bloodshot, my hands are shaking, and I have like big dread in my chest, and I'm listening to him like say shit on the headphones, and then right when I open the door and I turn off the light, the song changed, and it was him talking, and whenever I opened the door, across the hall was him in a casket, and it all perfectly synced up to where it's I like can't help but say, of course, of course. And I remember just standing there in the dark bathroom and just looking out at his face and like listening to him speak in my head and so after the funeral which is the next day <clears throat> i ended up doing a lot of experimental psychedelics uh his and mine that i had saved for us and uh i tripped fucking balls and i experienced uh, a really terrible shock that made me hallucinate my friend uh, in the mirrors and then also him crawling out of the carpet and touching my heart with a cold icy finger and it physically hurt and he pulled me down out of my chair and said I get the last laugh in my face and I don't remember a whole lot after that other than my girlfriend at the time who's pregnant with my child uh, who apparently was kicking a lot during the funeral while I was playing, so she was, you know, pretty far along during all of that. Uh, that baby mama, she was a nurse, and she came up to me, who apparently was yelling, and she said that like I was muttering pure nonsense. So it seemed like I had gone into shock. I barely remember parts of that, but yeah, dude, I I was geetered the fuck out after that, and like pretty much fucked me up. Right. So I started to experience a lot of what is it a haunting? I don't know. It is what it is. I'll listen to my music sometimes and it just sounds like Derek Monroe to me. I don't know if Pope's even real or he was just he had to die so I could sing. Uh I don't I don't know. It seems like a dream. Like did I even know him? Was he a real person? The girl who ended up uh giving him that shot that killed him, Samantha uh Kane she ended up dying and how I found out about that was I played a gig in Dallas, Texas opening for Dax Riggs who sings for Acid Bath sang for Acid Bath and Pope is the one who got me into Acid Bath and Dax Riggs who's also a very big influence on my stuff and so I go down to Dallas at Deep Ellum at Three Links to open up for Dax changed my life met a girl that night moved to Dallas moved in with her for a year at a random bar her name's Sammy too. Somebody says to Sammy really loud over music that I just happened to hear, I thought you were dead. I was told that you had died. And she was laughing and going, what the fuck? No, I'm fine. Like, what, what Sammy are you talking about? And he said, found out later it was Samantha Kane. Good thing I overheard him. Like, oh shit, her. She hit me up a lot after Pope died because she felt hella guilt and a lot of people were pissed off at her and like he went to the fucking morgue and she went to the hospital because she had OD'd on heroin again for the second time so they went out uh, the security camera in the hospital saw and they came back and he laid down on his bed he posted a Dax Riggs uh, song called Say Goodnight to the World and said yep on Facebook fell back asleep and didn't wake up Wow. and she went to the hospital because she OD'd 
so it's it's heavy there's a lot of weird shit um there's a lot of weird shit man yeah there's uh, i'm not going into as much detail as last time because i kind of just scattered the pieces all over the place to where i don't know where i'm at yeah and i know that it's very very heavy and um you know if if anybody asks for clarification i'm sure that you'd be oh yeah for sure offer it um it's a big story and i've had to tell it a lot and i told it better last time and i kind of boshed it this time but i there's a lot of details that i remember yeah that i could easily tell that I kind of want to put down so I don't have to tell it anymore. So I can just be like, oh, here. It's all here. And like, every bit of it. I want to scrape the fucking surface of my brain jelly. So I'll tell you what we could do then. Um, whenever we post the episode, uh-huh. if you want to type out the full story, um, I could just... We can post the episode and just kind of let them read um, that if it's, if it's easier to do. Um would it be just easier since we're recording just to tell the entire fucking story like you said yeah. we're on a time frame I try to give you a condensed version uh, yeah go ahead oh, I kind of don't want to <laughs> it's just a lot to tell man um, well I mean it's up to you I, I don't want to I kind of like keeping it vague because I, I will write something and I want okay. people to want to know more I'll give you just the cliff notes but I'm gonna, well, I uh, think that's as much as I can give right now. No, that's okay. Because um, I want to do it right. No, and, and I know that you know more more information is going to come out in the documentary for sure. Um, so, Devil of God's Country, we still don't know when that's coming out, do we, Zach? <laughs> no, I, can't, I can't give you a date. Um, it's well, growing. Well, well, we'll definitely keep you uh, up to date whenever we know something. We'll have the trailer uh, posted. Um, very soon on our side, um, so that we can kind of give you a little tasty poo for sure of what you can expect. One thing before you guys came, I was talking to Zach about uh, that time I got a burning church tattooed on my arm on Hell Night, and then five hours later, my house burned down (laughs) quite literally. Because that Wu Tang album we were listening to was one of the few vinyl that survived. And that Jesus. book right there, yeah, of Jack Parsons is survived the house fire as well. That's why it's all dirty and gross. Which I'm really happy this one survived because this one yeah. I've been wanting to read. Because I read Sex and Rockets. I've heard of it. I haven't read it. Well, and I guess we're going to do a trade because I go. have it. Cool. So that's definitely something we're going to do. Um, all right. Well, I think uh, that about does it. And if you yes. have anything else that you would like to say, um, anything at all. I'll probably get what they call, what Chuck Palahniuk has referred to as the spirit of the stairwell, where the moment you guys leave, I'll think of the perfect thing. (laughs) So uh, as of yet, uh, I can't really think of anything other than the thanks for listening to my shattered story bits, and uh, I'll get you the full story tangibly at some point in time. Well, and also... It needs to happen. And also on the Anchor app, you do have the option of recording messages, and we can actually release those messages. I kind of need to do that. I think I'll be yeah. able to just like uh, meditate on the idea by myself and just purge it all out, and in order that it happened because there's a lot. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely uh, if you send those in on the messages, we'll definitely post them as they come in and um, kind of let people get a taste of what's going on and. You know, kind of let you tell your story as you want to tell it. That's cool, uh, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Also, I just came out with another track for my project, Everyone Gets Cancer. And uh, it's called What Am I, Chop Liver? 
Oh, it's so good, too. <laughs> By the way, it is very good. Thank you. Uh, you want to hear the story behind that real quick? Yeah. Uh, working at the pump where I work, found out one of my wife's uh, sexual offenders, i.e. rapists, uh, was working there at two days into my shift, and I didn't know he was working, and then I, lo and behold, he's right there in my kitchen, and I'm surrounded with sharp fucking knives, and I'm finding myself <laughs> thinking of nefarious things, and taking photos of him, and he's finding out who I am, and he's with shaky hands texting someone frantically, and then I send her the photo, and she starts getting all upset, and was like, oh no, this sucks, this sucks, to where I straight up have to talk to my boss and say, hey man, this is the scenario, and I'm having a really hard time not doing something that's going to fuck my life up and I have kids and it's really tough. And he said, oh shit, we'll take care of it. So he came up to me the next day and said, he's going to work with you again on Saturday. I'll take your Saturday. You take the day off. And after Saturday, he's done. We're kicking his ass out. And I said, solid. So I came here. Zach was at work and I was talking to him about the whole thing. And I was just steaming, like thinking of like, sharpening my knives and, <laughs> and, and, uh, just really fucking pissed because I have the night off and I'm by myself and Nina's at work. I could t so easily go up to the parking lot and wait for him. Somebody gave me his fucking car, his making model, and I've already been, I already know where he lives in the three places he worked prior. So the thing was, is I had been following him and paying attention to him, but he got way too close without me knowing about it to where it kind of spooked me. And I can't trust myself and don't need to break my hands again, especially since I have to play <laughs> with the goddamn gallows in days and days really soon and I don't need to be doing that shit, so... I came here and I just recorded a song. I started playing the hella out of Crazy Cello and um, the banjo and just put all my hateful, violent thoughts and filtered it through the wooden boxes. Man, you can fucking feel it too. Like it's, it's such a dark weird. song. This I just is very dark. Put song. on a metronome and just kind of went go. Yeah. So. No, it's, it's very good. It's, it's like what I love about noise, man. Like you, yeah. you, you, you painted a picture. It's not really clear what that picture is fully, <laughs> but that picture is very bleak. Word. And uh, I you. like it a lot. Cool, thank you. Yeah. So definitely check that out. It's going to be easy to find. Yeah. Um, so everybody gets cancer. Everyone, what am I chopped Everyone liver? gets cancer. Uh, everybody gets cancer. Everyone gets cancer. Everyone gets everyone. cancer. I need to get this right. Um, so that's four <laughs> times that it took me. So I'm, I'm very smart, obviously. <laughs> um, that's good. And I think that about wraps it up. Um, before we go, um, check out our documentary, Devil in God's Country, The Ballad of Polycrepo. Whenever it comes out, that's all I can really think of. I guess I'm going to write a book. Fuck it. I'm going to write a book. <laughs> Look for my book. Um, and, and before we go also, um, on June 19th, you're talking about the, the show. You've got that yeah. show with uh, Goddamn Gallows, Days and Days. Um, Gallows, Bound. Gallows Bound. Yes, at the um, ruins in Oklahoma City. And that is $12 in advance, 15 at the door. Um, so make sure you get the tickets because Days and Days are very good live. Absolutely. Um, and the goddamn Gallows, they always pack the place. You can get yeah. tickets on Ticketstorm.com. So July 19th. Yeah. Is it July? June. 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 Fuck me. Yeah, it's you're going to be 19th. about a month late. Yes, yeah, June, um, June 19th. 2018 <laughs> not last year not 2016 not 2019 <laughs> this year um so before i do uh before we do go i just want to thank 
Kevin Moan, just one last time, um, since it is the very last time, the, the intro of this show is the very last time you will ever hear Kevin Moan and the Reptiles play Police State. Hey, but I give you a version of it, though. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up right now, oh, because I'm okay. not done. Shut up. You shut up. <laughs> so, Kevin Moan, we thank you very much for letting us steal your music, and thank you for upping that lawsuit to now 37 million dollars you're look you're not going to bleed a stone of uh of cash we don't have buddy that was a very bad so what are you getting me involved in uh, oh, oh basically you're an accomplice um <laughs> so with that being said with this being polycrepo uh <laughs> basically killing our show and us well trevor's already dead he got killed at the doorway um i'm allowed to continue just just a moment longer and then i'm going to be dead um we would like to close out with polycrepo's beautiful rendition of police state use without permission of kevin moan of kevin moan and the reptiles fan or fame uh this song is soon to be a classic and also get him involved in the lawsuit with us um, so please, baby birds, take care of yourselves, take care of one another, in the end it's all we need. That's the very last time you'll ever fucking hear that shit again. We love you so. Oh Good yeah. Night. Oh. Once you feed of the forbidden fruit from the tree of knowledge, you are forever soiled in enlightenment and cast forth the garden of blissful ignorance. Good night. Bart, take two. USA, but nobody gets away. Police state, where police state, police state, police state, police state. Yeah, we're animals in a cage. Police state, USA, where no one gets away. No one gets away. Fucking police state, police state, police state. Come on now. Tell boy, but get nobody gets away. The police state. They're tapping your phone calls, I'm looking at your emails. Well, we're animals in a cage. Police state USA, where no one gets away, no one gets away. And a police state. Hey, the police state, a police state, a fucking police state. We're animals in a cage. Police state USA, well, no one gets away, no one gets away. Cause it's a police state, a police state, a fucking police state. Show's over. Fuck this show. What are you laughing? Get the fuck out of my apartment. Hey. Hi. Hey, I was just kicking them out. Their show's done. Oh, okay.
Your show is dead. Show's dead. Get the fuck out.